Are we live? Yes. <laughs> We're live? Don't worry, we curse on the regular people. Guys, actually, all joking aside, welcome to Incident Report. This is actually a pretty important episode, so we'll want you, first of all, to cover your kids' ears because we like to curse because we're pissed. But second of all, we want you to hit share, we want you to hit follow, we want you to share this with your friends because it's important because the uh, care. Hey, we got We, we got, got sound audio. this time. There's sound. We got There's sound. sound. Um, There's sound. I'm gonna pull up your comments. We're talking about the care of our veterans and patients around the country and hospitals everywhere in the US and how our obsession with the measurement industrial complex, so measuring outcomes, quality measures, et cetera, while well-intentioned is leading to these horribly, uh, let's just say perverse mm -hmm. motivations and behaviors. So this is based on a New York Times article that came out uh, that was entitled, At Veterans Hospital in Oregon, the Roseburg VA, by the way, which we have talked about before on this very show, in terms of one um, Captain Scott Rusi, who was an Air, Air Force veteran, general surgeon, fired from that VA under really questionable circumstances by their uh, chief of surgery there, Dinesh Ranjan. And we did a show on that. I talked to Dr. Rusi um, and his staff had reached out to me saying this was totally inappropriate and political. And they were horrified that such a good surgeon and an upstanding member of the community who was there to help veterans was let go from a facility that's short staffed on surgical um, prowess as it is. So this has already been in the news. Now the Roseburg VA comes back in the news because a push for better ratings puts patients at risk, doctors say. First of all, that headline already says that they're hedging and they're saying, well, the doctor said. Yeah. So what does this mean? It is another case of doctors, clinicians who touch patients right. versus non-clinical administrators who run that VA. And I'm going to include their chief of staff, who is um, another Ranjan who's married to the chief of staff of surgery. And she is a pediatrician. Just parse that for a second. She's a pediatrician mm -hmm. who is the chief of staff at a veterans administration. Well, there are a lot of toddler veterans, and we all know that. Young okay. Rambo. So how dare you judge, first you know of what? all. That diaper is full of ordinance. Yeah, that's right. Of a different kind. Uh, but that's one thing, but she's also not board certified. So according to sources at the VA who I've spoken to. So the question is, this is really non-clinical leadership that has worked hard to turn around this VA's star rating mm -hmm. under something called SAIL, which the VA instituted earlier in the 2010s uh, after a big scandal where there were these long wait times and veterans were dying at the Phoenix VA. Do you remember this scandal? It made here's, national news. Here's the problem. When you say worked hard and turned around, it makes it sound like they did something. Exactly, which is exactly how they made it sound. So this is basically the strategic analytics for improvement and learning or sale by the way whoever came up with that acronym needs to be throat punched sale anyway come sail away come sail away come sail away to better outcomes that don't mean better outcomes so because this is what happened strategic analytics for improvement and learning this is what happened this is roseburg va i'm going to summarize this article in a nutshell then i'm going to read a letter from the group of emergency physicians who are supported by the hospitalists at the institution, which mm. is unusual when hospitalists and ER docs work together for a cause, it means this cause is important. And it's binding two groups that are historically a little bit like- Cats and dogs. Bring it, bring it, son. Yeah. You know, the confrontation. So 
They wrote a letter to the New York Times prompted by Peter DeFazio, who's their U.S. House representative, who said, they basically said, look, uh, this place is a shit show and non-clinical administrators are telling doctors how to run things and patients are going to die. So every hospital. Every hospital everywhere. So that's why it's so applicable, ZPAC, because we already understand this scenario. We've all been through it. We see it all the time. The reason I want to talk about it is, is first of all, are we getting the story right? Should we be really pissed off? Because my elephant's pissed off. The minute I see the head- headline, I'm pissed off. Um, Are we missing something? And how do we think about this pursuit of quality metrics at the expense of everything else? So this is the story. The Roseburg VA, I'm just pulling up everybody's comments here. Good, we have a stream. And that's what the urologist said to the guy with the big prostate. (laughs) I got dad jokes. Dad doctor jokes are the worst kind of dad jokes, Tom Heinberg. That was really bad. It was bad. So the New York Times article uh, was based on this premise. The VA at Roseburg was ranked number 134 out of, wait for it, 134 VA facilities. That's dead last for people that can't do math. Dead last, mm-hmm. Logan. You understand that? Actually, Logan's pretty good at math. Yeah. So it's the, uh, you know, the thing that he has. Yeah. Uh, the math thing. The tism. So, the, the tism. Yeah, the tism. <laughs> so the, uh, this VA was doing really poorly. So now ever since the central command at VA, the sort of, uh, you know, central... Politburo yeah. said, you know what? We need to int- implement this strategic analytics for improvement and learning. Sale. Sale. And their their argument was, well, we've never really looked at, well, what is the quality? What are the outcomes? 30-day admissions, right. mortality rates, pneumonia sort of uh, outcomes, things like that, which do matter, but also patient satisfaction, wait times, you know, CAPS, HCAPS sort of stuff, mm-hmm. HEDIS, these kind of quality measurements. And listen, I know a lot of people in the quality improvement space who are passionate about saving patients' lives. So we don't want to disparage that space. What we want to look at is dispassionately, what the hell are these actual analytics doing for outcomes? And this is what the article says. They went from 134 somewhere to the middle of the pack in a very short period of time after a change of administrators. So now they have this guy Paxton, who's their non-clinical head chief director. We call him the director. This director Paxton has said, we will bring the sales scores higher and higher until we are in the middle of mediocrity instead of at the bottom of mediocrity. I don't know why I'm using a German accent. You know, it right. feels, yeah, yeah, poetic, actually. Doesn't it? Yeah, because this is sort of a, uh, I don't want to say Holocaust-level catastrophe, because that would be insensitive. <laughs> it went to the Holocaust, right. It's fairly disastrous it's what bad. they did here. It's pretty bad. So and if, like the Holocaust, it was based on bad science, bad incentives. If, and we want to couch this, if these allegations are true, this is one of the worst things I have ever read, but it doesn't surprise me in the slightest because humans will behave as they are incentivized to behave, as they have always done throughout history. Oh, there are some details in here that are, Oh, it gets real. It's so, a shit show. What ended up happening is they told a story about this uh, patient, Mr. Savage, who was an 81-year-old vet, comes into the ER, he's covered in ulcers, he's malnourished, he's dehydrated. Um, he's got broken ribs from a fall. Who hasn't admitted Mr. Savage? I have as a hospitalist all the time. And we only jokingly call it a social admission because we have nowhere to send him because right. he's not doing well at home. But in reality, he's got real medical issues. So the story was that the emergency department and the hospitalist agreed that this patient needed to be admitted. Yeah. Okay, first of all, you got to understand, Tom, as a non-medical person, and again, we want mm-hmm. more non-medical people to Muggle. be a part of this kind of muggles, if you will. Mm-hmm. Non-magical, non-medical, but still very important That's because right. they outnumber us. Um, we, we, we want you to understand that when a hospitalist and an emergency doc agree on something, this is remarkable. 
uh, when it comes to an admission. So they both agree like this needs to be admitted. Yeah, so yeah. that means this patient needs to come in based on clinical judgment of highly trained doctors. Right, right. This is what happens. The administration, the director, headed by um, a nurse who is actually on the, the decision team, they don't see the patient, they don't touch the patient, they don't talk to the doctor. They decide that this patient requires too high a level of care for this VA. Now, why would they say that? Most hospitals in this country are incentivized to fill their beds yeah. and to churn through patients quickly because right. if you fill a bed and then you discharge them, you get paid and then you fill it with another person. It's like a hotel. You want to be at max capacity. All the time, but yeah. not like a hotel where you just want them staying forever. You want to boot them out because length of stay is one of the quality measures you're judged on. Right. But you it's like want- an hourly motel for exactly. hookers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, but this is what happened to this VA. Ever since they implemented the sale score testing, they've been half full. This is a VA that is half full. We have people waiting out the door right. for VA, and this VA is half full. Now, why would that be? The, the administrators, the utilization management people, again, so this is a nurse overriding two doctors yeah. and not talking to the patient. And this is a nurse who's really an administrator now, not, not a clinical nurse, says, no, this is not an appropriate patient. Send home or transfer to another local facility who we partner with. Now, here's the thing, that's at government expense. First of all, is that the right clinical decision? The doctors don't think so. Right. Now, why would they do this? It turns out if you have less patients that are less sick, your quality scores go up. <gasps> oh my gosh, how could that be? Because of the way the sale thing is calculated. If you take this sick patient and this sick patient has a bad outcome in the hospital, which statistically, they happen to be likely to have because they're old, covers in ulcers, have broken ribs. They've already shown that they don't do so well. Sale from Sale's own website. Sale assesses 25 quality measures in areas such as death rate, complications, and patient satisfaction. Well, you don't have a death rate if there's no patients. You don't have patient satisfaction if there's no patients. And you don't have any complications if there's no patients. There's a term for this. We call it cherry picking. When I used to work in the emergency department yeah. uh, as a resident, there, they would line up the charts because this was pre-full epic of the ER at Stanford. So there would be these paper charts that would line up in the stack. Right. And you were supposed to take the chart at the top of the stack and go see that patient. But what would happen is the internal medicine residents, I'm not saying I did this, they would cherry pick the patients. And, and that means skip through and go, this patient looks easy. Yeah. I'm going to take this one. Or <laughs> this patient looks like an internal medicine problem that I got dialed. Right. Or uh, as opposed to, oh, this is another vaginal bleeder that I have no freaking idea what to do with and I'm going to have to do a pelvic and it's awkward and I'm nervous. Don't pick that one. Mm-hmm. This is what the VA administration is doing allegedly in Roseburg. They're saying, you know what? This patient looks like a mess. Uh-uh. Send him to the community hospital at government expense and that transfer may be dangerous or send him home. So this patient ended up languishing in the ER for a long time, went home. Surprise came back in a day or two. Yeah. Then they said, okay, fine. Bring him in, send him right out to sniff. Like instantly. This reminds me of my father was a lawyer, a corporate lawyer, and he was always mad at guys that were in private practice because he would say, my win rate is 80%, and these assholes are walking around with a win rate that's 100% because they pick their cases, but I have to defend anything the corporation does, and the corporation occasionally kills people. So, So, exactly, exactly. Exactly. So so what's going on here is there's cherry picking, they're sending away patients, they're half full, and their quality scores go vastly higher. Does this mean they're taking better care of patients? 
No. Because there's no, pa- there's there's no patients. Many patients. Now, here's the thing. Could yeah. patient satisfaction have gone up because of this? Sure. You know why? There's The patients, it's, it's half full. Right. So you're staffed up. So patients are getting all this attention, theoretically. And who doesn't want to be, like, you don't want to be in that bed next to that guy who's like, whoa. Yeah, right. Through the night. Now suddenly there's no guy there. Right. It's an now, empty now bed. No guy. It's an empty bed. That guy's at the community hospital. Or you don't want to be in a shared room. Suddenly you have a private room and, because the beds are half and full. And this is the yeah. double-edged sword of quality metrics in this situation. Now you're incentivizing administrators who, by the way, this this leads to why would they want to do this? Well, they want the prestige. So this guy Paxton was interviewed in a local Oregon press mm-hmm. saying, you know, <sighs> We really turned this ship around. I don't want to coin a phrase, but we made this place great again. And I was like, I think the term coin a phrase doesn't mean what you think it means because you didn't invent that phrase. I don't even think Trump invented that phrase. But he sounded like, you know, the guy misquoted him or something. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But the idea that, first of all, you can brag, you can keep your job, a government job, which is cush with benefits, and you get a bonus if your scores in your hospital go up, the administrators get a bonus. You know how much the bonus was for him? How much? Was he okay. He sent veterans home, and the doctors in there, which I'm going to read in a second, their allegations that sent home in dangerous situation, potentially to die. Right. Eight thousand one hundred dollars was his bonus. Okay. If you are going to commit manslaughter or murder, that is like a that's a five hundred thousand dollar crime. You're going to do it for an O four Civic. That's what you're going to do it for. That's like nothing. I'm really thinking about that. Like, that's actually a pretty good deal. That's about how much an 04 Civic an is. An 04 Civic. Street price. Actually, probably like a 07. They don't Civic. depreciate that much. You know, I mean, Hondas are good cars. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this idea that, that it's all for these like, paltry bonuses and for yeah. holding on to your job and being able to say you turned the ship around. Have you turned a ship around? No. Here's the other thing they do with these quality metrics. So, when patients get admitted, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you don't meet criteria for CHF control, like you get dinged. Right. So what do they do? They just re-diagnose it as hypervolemia. So for people who don't know, congestive heart failure, a lot of times you have a lot of fluid on your lungs and in your heart and your blood vessels because you're not able, your heart doesn't squeeze right, so it actually isn't able to get enough blood pressure, so you end up holding on to a lot of fluid. Your kidneys don't work, you hold on to fluid. That's hypervolemia, too much volume. Is that is hypervolemia the correct description of why that patient is admitted? No. But when you call it hypervolemia, you are judged completely differently yeah. than if you call it CHF. So this is the gaming that goes on. And while we're gaming the system, our patients are getting the same or worse outcomes. And this is what the the allegations were in this. And they, they quoted a surgeon from UCSF who... Um, worked at the VA there, and he was told, don't operate on the complicated patients because those patients are likely to have complications and prolonged length of stays, and that's going to ding us. Now, how perverse is this, right? If this is the incentives that the quality metrics are setting up, then they had good intentions, but they're fucking it up. If they're able to actually figure out ways to compensate and, and adjust for this gaming, then you have a better system. So what we've done is we've set things in motion that now are showing us this isn't working. You're telling me that a government institution had good intentions and then fucked it up with bad incentive measures? <laughs> I know well, it's Well, to impossible. that, sir, I say good day. Good day, sir. You need to understand I have a nuclear button right here on my desk, okay? And I'm not afraid to use it, Kim Jong-un. Uh... Good intentions gone bad. And I actually do believe that they had good intentions and they fucked it up. And that's fine. Because I actually think many people in the quality movement are doing good work. So this was the this was the general allegations in the uh, report in the New York Times. Now, if you dig in, where did this come from? Who should we believe? 
I'm gonna read both sides. So I have sources there. Now remember, we did a show about Scott Rusi, who was, again, the uh, retired um, uh, captain in the Air Force, general surgeon. By all accounts of his staff, who messaged me independently, multiple members of his staff, fantastic, upstanding surgeon with tremendous integrity, right. was let go after a, a peer review that he never was really able to see the results of and wasn't, wasn't able to be made public. And the thought was there were politics involved and they want to get rid of him. And so this Roseburg VA has been in, been in our conversation before. Now, I've talked to Scott. I actually think he's a guy of decent integrity. Yeah. I haven't talked to Dinesh Ranjan, the chief of staff that we're talking about here, who there are many allegations about his integrity. But until he comes on the show or wants to talk to us. Now, the problem is here's the asymmetry. Those guys aren't allowed to talk to us. Right. That's, that's where it becomes difficult. Who do you believe? Now, as a clinician, I'll tell you who I believe intuitively. I'm going to believe the doctors because they're on the front lines and they're my tribe. Is that the right thing? Not always. That's why you have to dig in. So let's dig in a little bit. Here is a letter <clears throat> I'm going to read the highlights of from a group of emergency physicians um, that have worked at the Roseburg VA for a long time. So they're contracted with the VA. They are, because the facility is small, it doesn't have an ICU, um, it, it's, it's really a small facility. They are the largest group of physicians at this facility, is the emergency docs, and they're contracted. So they could lose their contract for speaking out, but they're going to do it anyways because they feel very strongly about this. This is what they said. Um, oh, P.S. Yeah. Oh, snap. Onika in the comments says, Dinesh has zero integrity. And so she says she was an employee there. So people know Dinesh. Okay, listen, between you and me, damn. Dinesh, if you don't fucking come on our show or talk to me and tell me why you're not a piece of shit, because everybody I've talked to has said you're a piece of shit. And again, I'm saying this on the record because I don't give a fuck. Um, you're married to the chief of staff. That isn't fucking nepotism. The chief of staff who's a pediatrician who isn't board certified, who's running a VA. Like, listen, you, it, the onus is on you to come and I will give you a platform to explain yourself. Because literally the ZPAC wants to know what the hell is going on because I've heard enough stuff now that I want to know. Our veterans deserve better. The heroes who take care of them deserve better than not getting answers to our questions. Okay? Period. Okay, that being said, now I'm really pissed off. Um, you pissed off the Z. All right. You don't want to piss me off because then I turn into the incredulous Hulk which is a slightly more effeminate version of The Incredible Hulk. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even believe how ridiculous this is. I'm so angry, Tom. Did I rip my blouse doing this? Because I'm angry. Anyways, um, this was what the, what the letter said. They basically sent it to the New York Times in response to an inquiry from Senator DeFazio, or Representative DeFazio. And it's Emerald Valley Emergency Physicians, and they have um, a bunch of like 12 board-certified emergency physicians trained at great institutions. And they were sort of talking about the hospitalists being on their side as well. So they basically uh, state in this letter that the current processes are being forced onto us by administrative and non-practicing physicians, non-physician positions, including nurses. So a nurse making a clinical decision, not seeing the patient overriding doctors, um, which again, they ought to be working as a team, right? Um, and non-clinically trained positions, which includes the medical center director, uh, which is Paxton, okay? There has never been any effort to work with us to use our knowledge of emergency medicine patient care to improve the care of veterans. They make patient care decisions without speaking to the patient, without seeing the patient in the ED, and without speaking to the physician caring for the patient. The processes are unethical, unsafe, and driven by constant discussion about the need to comply with the sale reports, making them better. Many times we've been told by the director that he demands artificial processes to be used so that certain metrics are met in order to try to increase their star rating. So here you go. They're gaming 
They're accusing him of gaming the system. This has gone to such an extreme that there has been an exclusion list created by all these leadership positions that is used to direct how we care for patients in the department. The exclusion list is not one created to by nor agreed to by board-certified physicians working in the facility. So they're saying, you can't admit these patients. I don't care if you're a doctor. We non-clinicians are saying you can't because it's going to F up our scores. We're not capable of taking care of these patients. So... It, we've tried every manner possible within the VA to address these concerns. We've personally met with these people in leadership roles to discuss concerns. We've made it clear that we hope to be included in the processes they might discuss um, to improve clinical care. Uh, we are available at all times. And despite these efforts, we're not involved nor consulted about clinical decision making. So, and they're met with the response, this is what the director wants. The director wants this to mine He wants less patients so that the score doesn't go up and... We're getting the unter score. Unter, underneath the score. Um, I don't know what kind of accent that was, but it wasn't even German. Um, so, so the idea that there's this bed control team that determines like who can be admitted and this sort of thing uh, is part of the, the complaint. Now, they go by na- they name and they say Director Paxton, Chief of Staff Ratnabali Ranjan, her husband, Chief of Surgery Dinesh Ranjan, and... Um, um, and non-clinical staff have created a nepotistic cartel of power that completely prohibits sound clinical decision-making by the emergency department, staff, and hospitalist physicians. Veterans are suf- suffering unethical practices are promoted. And these are pretty strong words. Now, I'm, I think if I were writing a letter like this, I don't think it's productive to use that kind of language beca- because... What if it's true? If it's true, that's great. But I think the way you do it is you give evidence that it's true. Mm. So that's one criticism I have of this. However, these are my people. And I am going to, by default, want to believe them. Yeah. Because I've been in this position of being overrided by a non-clinical administrator. Now, let's read the non-clinical administrator's angle. Uh, where was it? Uh, I got a... It was in here. Oh, wait. It's in your... Uh, yeah. In my email. There it is. So, one of my sources at the Roseburg VA, who shall remain unnamed, yeah. shared with me... We got me, your internal memos, Roseburg VA. What's up? I have an internal memo <sighs> sent to all employees of the Roseburg VA by the director. Letter to all hands. I'm going to read it to you. So, this is important, so listen carefully. Because this is, again, this is their side. And I think if we don't hear their side, then we're not really doing a good job of talking about this and hashing it out. Dear employees, I would like to thank you for the excellent job you do on a daily basis and the great care you deliver to veterans. You have much to be proud of. The executive leadership team and local veteran service organizations appreciate your hard work and dedication. During 2017, you accomplished many goals and completed numerous projects for the great Fiera. I'm, I'm sorry. Numerous projects that enhanced our care to veterans. Unfortunately, there was a recent article that was published in the New York Times, unfortunately, um, that did not portray an accurate picture of the care we deliver to our heroes in our healthcare system. Okay, so this is the language of, this is good language. All right, now let's, let's keep reading. To be totally transparent, the New York Times story is absolutely false. We all know our veterans receive great care when they walk in through the doors of the facility. The ones allowed in. The ones allowed in. Everybody else can fuck off, can go to the community yeah, hospital. You're not really refuting it by saying that. Nope, nope. Keep going, Keep internal going. memo. Yeah, the Roseburg VA healthcare system is a one-star facility according to sale data. On its face, this shows there is no manipulation of data because if the facility were manipulating data to boost its rating, wouldn't it be getting a higher score? (laughs) This is like, well, she wore that dress. So of course there was a rape. Like, wait, so just because your score isn't higher, because you bungled the manipulation, means there's no manipulation? 
This is the most insane statement I've ever read. It's like, hey, man, we suck. Everybody knows we suck. All right? Like, we're not saying we don't suck. <laughs> but look, look what uh, uh, Anika Driscoll says. Someone wrote that for Paxson because he is not great at writing or giving presentations. Oh, snap. Uh, I don't mean to coin a phrase, but we're making the VA great again. Yeah, you didn't mean to coin it because you didn't coin it. Um, <laughs> let's see here. So uh, the answer is that it's not manipulating data, but rather basing admissions decisions on the actual clinical capabilities of the facility. So they just called every doctor that works there incompetent. Yeah. Well, you're not capable of taking care of an old guy with ulcers and broken ribs. Okay. Roseburg VA system admits patients based on interqual criteria, which is the industry standard for U.S. healthcare. You know what's also the industry standard for U.S. healthcare? EMTALA which is the, the unfunded mandate by the government saying that emergency departments, hospitals cannot turn away patients based on uh, ability to pay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the VA actually, it, it does not apply to federal institutions like the VA, but there was a, a directive from the director of the VA saying, no, we're going to play by that rule. So the question is, are they violating EMTALA by turning these patients away? This is actually a really valid question. Oh, damn. I see where Onika's axe to grind comes from. She says, I turned Paxson in for government credit card abuse, and he fired me. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, snap. So it's hard to know. You know, again, we can't take sides in this. because, like, I'm I mean, just reporting what Onika's saying. Listen, I'm right? just going to say this. Who hasn't committed government credit card abuse? I mean, <clears throat> I wish I had a government credit card. No, man, I'd be racking it up. I'd be flying third class. Is that a thing? Yeah. Hey, I'm a, I'd like a third class ticket to, <laughs> to Guam. <laughs> It's called the budget on Spirit Air. Oh, oh. That's third it, class. all of Spirit Air is budget, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the first class on Spirit Air is like a, this much more legroom. Um, so it says, um, all admissions decisions are based on the hospital's ability to provide care patients require and are made by clinicians, including the facility chief of staff and her general and her clinical chiefs of service. Okay, the chief of staff is a pediatrician who is not board certified, according to my sources. Now, if I'm wrong, this is allegations, let me know. Her chief of surgery is her husband. Somehow that doesn't feel right. Oh, snap. Who has a lot of allegations. Again, they're all alleged. So we want him to, or sources at the VA to anonymously tell me if they're wrong. Um, because I'm open. I'm open to that. I want to hear all sides. I haven't heard shit from the administration there. But wait, as a non-medical, if she's a pediatrician, there's no children that have gone to war as far as I know. Well, oh, you have like Somalia. Coney. <laughs> then how did she get the job now, if it wasn't so from there, her husband? There may be some pediatricians at the VA. And again, I want pediatricians who work at the VA to message me and say why there would be a role for that because there might be kids mm -hmm. of, uh, service connected. But I'm not sure if that's a VA function. It might be a military function or it might be another TRICARE function. I don't know the answer to that. However, it makes no sense. So, <laughs> so that being said... Um, let's keep reading this. Um, all admissions decisions are based, blah, blah, blah. Non-clinical administrators have nothing to do with these decisions, except that they tell the clinical staff the director would like this done. The director is a non-clinical staff. Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, some people in the comments think we're shit-talking all VAs. No, no, no. We're talking about one Roseburg VA. specific VA. I don't have enough information to shit-talk all VAs, or else I would try, but I can't. No. I worked at the Palo Alto <laughs> VA. I worked at the San Francisco VA. Some of the best most passionate clinicians and nurses I've ever encountered work at the VA taking care of our vets. Some of the worst, most awful human beings that should never have a job in any sector worked at the VAs. Mm. So it's a mixed bag. It's a government thing. Yeah. It's the best we're doing for our vets. We can do better. 
but that doesn't mean we shouldn't stop trying. All right. It's like a medical post office, you know? When you go to the post office, it's like there are employees that are horrible right. and there are employees that are terrible, you know? And it's <laughs> <laughs> I love my postman. He is fan. He looks like Wilford Brimley. He shows up with this big handlebar mustache <laughs> for Christmas. I gave him a tip and he was like, this will help a lot in treating my diabetes. <laughs> he never said that. And that was inappropriate because I'm talking about type 2 diabetes. No type 1s yell at me now because I know you get mad when I don't distinguish. All right. That being said, um, where were we in this uh, article? At its core, Roseburg VA is primarily an outpatient center. And that's why the hospital's clinical leadership has made it clear to its physicians that the facility has limited capabilities to care for patients with certain clinical conditions that are far better treated in nearby community hospitals. Okay. If that's true, then... It ought to be very clear up front to everybody what's going on. Right. And if that's true, why would the doctors disagree? Are they going to admit patients to a facility they feel doesn't have the capability to care for them, especially the hospitalists? So Dr. Bloom, who was one of the hospitalists cited in this article, said he was part of a big complaint in this, saying this is BS. So he should know what the capability of the hospital is. Yeah. Why would an administrator know better than a clinician operating in the hospital? Right? And I think most of these VA guys are salaried. So the less patients they see, the more effective money they're making per patient. Yeah. So it's actually not in his best interest to argue for more admissions. Right. I think, if that's how he's being paid. Like, so, guess what? He probably wants to help people. Like, it's so weird, right? So wait, he self-selected to do the right thing? He went into being a doctor so he could, like, actually treat patients? So Hold on. So, Heinenberg, an $8,100 bonus for getting your star rating up a bit? Yeah is not the right thing to do if you're killing vets? Maybe if you do something like that for such a low incentive, you're an immoral piece of shit. <laughs> Just maybe. And also a bad businessman. <laughs> like, you really should haggle. Like, if you're going to commit murder, it's a million. Yeah. It's a exactly. million. It's like those 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 the gangbangers who kill somebody for four grand. Yeah, you're like, uh... It's like, dude, uh, four grand, and you're in jail for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you buy with that four grand? You know, you bought three square meals and some weights. Uh, anyway, so uh, it, this is precisely why we're being transparent with our doctors about conditions that the facility is unable to treat, because it's in veterans' best interest to have them seen at other hospitals in the community with greater capabilities to deliver them the best care for those conditions. Okay, I want to hear from clinicians on the front lines in this hospital. Is this true? Because if it's true, then they need a better process of working with their doctors and their ER staff to actually understand that instead of what seems to be happening. Um, Secretary Shulskin from the VA has made it clear that under his leadership, the VA is going to leverage the best of the private sector with the best of the VA's own capabilities. And in this case of Roseburg, which has no ICU and limited surgical capabilities, why are their surgical capabilities limited, Tom Heineber? Because they cut them in half. Because they fired Scott Rusi, um, who by all, by all measures is a great surgeon, yeah. uh, from what we hear. Now, again... I'm not there. We can't see the results of the peer review because they're secret. So um, anyways, so um, in doing so, the VA works closely with veterans in the community to coordinate care. Okay, so that's Douglas V. Paxton Sr., Roseburg VA Medical Center Director. So now we have his point of view. ZPAC, here's my editorial. The measurement industrial complex that has sprung up to power this health 2.0 juggernaut 
began with the greatest of intentions, which is we commit tons of medical errors, we don't measure how well we're actually doing, most of what we do is bullshit. Listen to me carefully, most of what we do in healthcare is bullshit. Why do you think they spend less in the rest of the world and get better outcomes? It's not because their healthcare is better, it's because the rest of their society care is better. And I'm not talking about socialism and all this other crap. I'm talking about they have more cohesive society with social support, their lifestyles are different, they eat differently, and they do better because 90% of our health has nothing to do with a doctor's office or a hospital. So measuring outcomes was seemed like a logical idea, but now what we're seeing is the gaming of systems by everybody, clinicians and non-clinicians, to try to boost those when your pay is dependent on it, yeah. when your reputation is dependent on it. These VA scores are public. You can go on a website and see every institution's sales score. So that's important as a PR thing for a VA too. So what happens when you're measuring the wrong things or you're not setting up a system where the system can't be easily gamed? This is what we're seeing. People are gonna behave according to their incentives. And actually, Doc, uh, Doug Paxton, I almost called him doctor. Yeah. That would have been a huge fuck up. Um, Doug Paxton is behaving rationally in the fiduciary interests of his facility. So should we change the system around that? Yeah. Instead of just ganging up on this one guy, which I'm happy to do, but it's not gonna help. Um, so my feeling is let's get quality measures that maybe actually measure quality. And there are very few of those. And focus on the culture and the process that actually gets those scores up instead of just getting the scores up by any means necessary. When I was at OHSU, they had their scores on a bulletin board there in the ICU, and the ICU nurses pointed to them and go, this is what we suck at. Yeah. This is what we're getting better at. This is what we care about. And I was like, wow. You know, when the frontline nurses actually care about that stuff, they are gonna change how they care for patients. They're gonna reduce ventilator-associated uh, pneumonias. They're gonna make sure the, the, that um, they follow the protocols that are protocolized and listen to the patients when that's an important yeah. part of the protocol. So that's the take home. We can help our vets. We can help each other be sustainable. We can help the financial stability of the country by making sure we don't do unnecessary shit like measuring the fuck out of everything that, doesn't, that doesn't, ain't gonna help. That's my final take home. What do you think, Tom Heinberg? I think Zedong MD is a smart man, y'all. And he knows how to fix this system. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> Why don't you love me, Janae? I'm sorry I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. Anyway, let's just do lines from Forrest Gump until we go out. The VA is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know if you can get admitted. I just felt like having admissions and then keeping the money for myself. Run, Dr. Ranjan, run! Uh, guys, hit follow, hit share, spread the word, leave your comments, message me if you work at that VA and you have some insight to share and we'll do a follow-up show. Thank you for being a part of Incident Report and what, we out? She tasted like cigarettes, Lieutenant Dan. I hate you so much, Tom Honover. <laughs>